Welcome to another episode of USAV Bandwidth, where we talk everything from A to V and beyond. Today, I'm joined with my co-host, Chris Salazar-Mangram, along with two illustrious industry experts, Mike Betcher of New Era, John Mitten of Red Thread. <laughs> Thank you guys for joining. So today, I think we're going to uh, hit on a couple topics that are pretty relevant to the industry. I first want to cover, because I've been getting a lot of requests from some integrators in our network, COVID vaccinations, end user clients requiring vaccinations for technicians to come on site. I guess, Mike, we'll start with you. How, how are you guys handling that from, from a company perspective? Because every company seems to have their own you know, spin on this. Yeah. And for the most part, you know, we do a decent amount of work in medical facilities. So they've always had some requirements around flu vaccines and TB tests and all that other stuff. So from that standpoint, it wasn't a big deal. But uh, certainly from the corporate world, that kind of caught us off guard a little bit. It came pretty quickly. Um, they seemingly wanted to implement it immediately, and uh, it's kind of not how the whole thing works. But we did talk to our, our field staff and just said, look, these are requirements, and you know, we're not forcing anybody to do anything, right? So we certainly respect your decisions. And But <laughs> at the same time, if all these sites now are requiring it and there's no work for you to do, you know, then we have to deal with, you know, either ETO or unpaid time or whatever that might be. So there is still somewhat of a choice. We do enough uh, work around uh, that you could kind of manage that a little bit, but there's definitely been some pressure put on there. And I think everybody jumped on it from our standpoint. So it was, uh, it was nice to see. So, um, but uh, yeah, that's pretty much how we did it. How about up in Boston, John, how are you guys? Interesting. Mike and I talked about this a few weeks ago when it first came up, maybe three or four weeks ago. We started to hear rumbles of this. So we, I reached out to Mike and to talk about how they were handling it. We do a lot of work in higher health care, quite a bit, Boston having so many hospitals. But that was not a requirement. It had not been a requirement to provide proof of vaccination. So uh, there's been some pushback. There's been some pushback from our installers that ask questions like, well, this is not personal information. Why do you need to know that? There's also, we do a lot of subs and union sub work. There's been a lot of pushback from them also. So it's it's a more complex question than just, are you vaccinated or not? And it can be, I want to say emotional, maybe a strong word there, but people have strong feelings about it. And we've tried to like, like take all the emotion out of it and say, look, this is just a fact of life. Where we are, if you don't want to tell me, that's fine, but I can't send you on a job site. If, if you don't want to tell us that. So that's a decision you're making. Uh, we have to make a decision to support the business. So it, it puts us in a little bit of a tough spot. We as a company, one of the places where we're also seeing uh, a ramification of this is as we're trying to get people back into the office in our own offices. We're asking our employees whether they're vaccinated or not. And that's another whole dynamic where people are saying, I'm not coming back to the office until I know the people around me are vaccinated. And that is definitely slowing down. We had shot for uh, next Tuesday as our kind of back to work day. And uh, we're pushing that out based upon feedback from uh, our employees. And they're general pushing that uh, people, we don't have all the information yet. And we're asking people to participate in a survey, those that are willing to share with us. And we're going to make an assessment on when we're going to get people back in the office after we get those results back. Yeah, it's an interesting dynamic, isn't it? I mean, it's not meant to be divisive, but yet it's a requirement in some cases. It's preferred. Some people have strong feelings, like you said earlier, that it's, it could be emotional, and but you present the facts. And it's just another layer of the dynamic that we're faced with in the current state. So it sounds like you two are managing it extremely well and just kind of going with the flow as it comes and goes. So 
I appreciate you sharing. What about, are, are you seeing the same effect with any of your global integrators? I mean, do they have similar requirements or excuse me, the global customers, the ones that have uh, sites internationally? Yeah, very similar. Yes. And it's, I mean, it, you know, it's a global situation, right? So yeah, we are seeing that similarity there. And uh, John said it's emotional, maybe too strong. I don't know. I think it is. I think that's the right word. It's polarizing and very emotional. And, you know, it's a tough subject to tackle. But yeah, we're seeing it everywhere. The other thing, Mike, was when it first came out, you talked about the speed. We had installs scheduled that morning. We get an email from a customer saying, if your installers aren't vaccinated, they're not allowed on site today. Oh, but by the way, we still want the job completed. <laughs> yep, that's exactly uh, what you happened. Know, you use your Jedi mind tricks then to get it all installed without anyone being present? A few choice words, but maybe not Jedi. But Yeah, it's got to be driving the ops guys crazy. But sometimes like that happens, right? And you think to yourself and your teams are thinking to themselves, like, do they not understand what we do or what's being done here? Like you make decisions like that and you're like, it just doesn't make sense. It's the same thing with the supply chain situation, right? Like, really? What are you thinking there? So another kind of twist of this whole vaccine I came across this week where a customer asked us to hire someone for an on-site support, meeting support person, which we did. We're interviewing and then finally it dawned on me, it's like, the end of the interview, I had to ask, are you vaccinated? Because this company does require vaccinations. And he said, no, I'm not. But if I'm extended an offer, I would consider getting vaccinated. So how do you go forward with that? Do you hire the person or not hire the person? And yeah, it's like you could write that in as a contingency, right? Right. He wanted it writing. And then it's like, okay, if you get vaccinated today, you're now looking at four weeks plus before you can even start. So it's it's a new brave world out there. And it's not going to get any better anytime soon. I, I feel like, we're, you know, this is just the tip of the iceberg. You know, I think everyone was in 2020 saying, oh, I can't wait for 2021. It's going to be so much better. Business is going to be up, but didn't think about all these other variables that are now being considered. So it, it's it's definitely getting interesting for sure. We had that, that Labor Day, just after Labor Day concept too, right? And, you know, months ago or when the planning started probably earlier in the year, you know, we kind of put that target on there and people kind of got excited and, you know, hey, this is going to, you know, get back to it a little bit here. And, and then pushing that off again, it's just so demoralizing, right, for people. And you've already had, you know, enough of that going around. But, but yeah, it just seems we just keep kicking it down the road here. So we'll see what happens over the next month or two as, as everybody's returned to school. We'll see what those situations turn out to be. I know like the big events that have happened, like uh, Lollapalooza was a big showcase for people who were saying, oh, you know, you're going to have this big show. There's going to be a huge outbreak. And, you know, they had like 400,000 people and I think 200 cases. So maybe as that stuff starts to happen, we'll get some more confidence and be able to move quicker. But you just don't know. What I'm hearing you say, Mike, is we need more Lollapaloozas. There we go. How are the impacts of, let's just say, the vaccinations, supply chain, you threw that out? Just business in general, what's the outlook shaping for fourth quarter Q1 for the businesses? I'll go. I'll go first. Uh, uh, you take it. Yeah. Like Mike said, I think there was a general excitement that okay, around the June, May, June timeframe, there was kind of like a general relief, like oh, we're past this. We have to get to the end of the summer, and then we're going to be back into full business mode like we were before. And I do think companies are stepping back now, at least in the Northeast. I can only speak for. New England, New York area. I can't speak for the rest of the country, but in our area, there's been a kind of like, wait a minute, we're going to still put things on hold because we really don't know where this is going and how how quickly people are going to come back and what is that going to look like. So uh, we're leaning heavily, and I'm actually here at Grand Rapids, which is uh, Steelcase's headquarters. 
we're leaning heavily into the hybrid work environment and not just the technology, but the space and how that all changes the dynamic, the way people work. And we think that's going to help us in the fourth quarter and the first quarter as people are going to realize they're coming back to work, but they're not going to be at 100%. Going forward, when 40% of the meeting is going to be remote, how do you support that? And how do you make sure you have equity between those that are in the office and in those that are remote? And we think that's going to be a separator with us as we go forward and talk to people and explain the way that technology and space can work together in this new environment. I'm sure some of that technology is going to include some displays like Sharp and NEC and some microphones like Shure. I don't want to forget our sponsors here. So uh, thank you guys for Sharp and NEC for sponsoring this video cast and Shure and StudioPod for helping us produce this. So always want to make sure those guys feel the love. So I agree. You know, a lot of those spaces that are currently in the environment right now, maybe just have a display, if that at best. So how do you equip that with some audio and, and some interactivities to, to make the, the people at home feel that they're being in that meeting, you know? So that there's definitely plenty of opportunity there. Mike, I'd love to hear your, your take on this. Yeah, that piece of it used to be, we just kind of reacted to it. You know, now it's like, oh, this is for real. So now we really need to build to it and make it viable and, you know, not have an office like my setup here. You want an office that's contained and I mean, we certainly have all the tools to make this happen, right? And from, from an economy standpoint, it's still a strong economy. There's business to be had. Everybody I talk to has got the largest backlog they've ever had, lots of opportunities on the table. It's just a matter of being able to, to burn through that, which is really the holdup right now. So in that sense, the outlook's good. I'd say it's been steady, I think, in, in our area. But it's just a matter of what can you get done and in what time frame, right? So we've got from the labor situation to the supply chain situation to the, you know, can you get on site? What's your client's schedules looking like? And what are the other trades doing? And what materials can they get or not get? So it's almost like a daily balance, which we can just barely manage. If it goes to hourly, we're going to have problems. But day to day, it seems like, you know, you wake up the next day and everything you just planned yesterday is gone and you got to start all over again. And that's really just the, the crux of what we're dealing with at this point. And I think that that's probably going to continue through the winter. And so Q4 is probably going to be like that and probably a bit of Q1 too. And supply chain, I mean, you know, things might start to get a little bit better, but I don't really see that, you know, shaping up until maybe Q2 of next year. It's hard to, again, hard to tell. All of a sudden those ships come in and you know, they have all the supplies they need, but there's just so much in flux and especially what happens over the course of the next few weeks here with COVID cases and stuff. So yeah, that's that's the hard part. It's just being entirely flexible every day. Are there certain sectors that are that have a higher success rate of just managing with the projects, if it's like a financial sector, higher ed, any of those types of just vertical markets that you're seeing stands out as far as just, hey, these guys are actually doing better than others because of certain reasons, or is everyone pretty much in the same boat? Well, I would fun. say big pharma, biotech are exploding. There's more you know, venture capital money going into that, particularly in Boston, than I've ever seen before. And more space in Boston is being converted to lab space. And a lot of office space is being converted to lab space. So they have a lot of capital behind them right now, and that's doing really well. And those are industries where people actually have to be together. They have to be in labs. They have to be working. So they have to be in the office. And that's helping quite a bit to drive those industries. There are other industries that are people are saying, I just had a tech company that uh, moved into Class A office space two years ago, spent a ton of money, large video wall, 
great customer experience center saying, we're never going back. We're going to try to sublease our space. And they want us to help them to try to figure out how they can get a customer to sublease it because they're going 100% remote. And it depends on the industry. Pretty crazy. Yeah. And even within the vertical markets, there's different paths. And that's what's challenging too, because everybody's kind of got their own plan, right? So, you know, as John mentioned, pharma, healthcare in particular, um, for sure, has been pretty busy. And, you know, education certainly has, they have deadlines to get things done. So to a certain degree, you've got some steady work there as long as you get equipment. But everybody else has just been, it's been all over the place. And it's by region, by, you know, sometimes by state or county even. So talking to people in the Midwest or, or out West or in the South, it's, it's just all over the place and can't put your finger on it, but you know, it's there. It's, there is work to be had. And I think that gives everybody a little bit confidence and to know that there's, there is light at the end of the tunnel, even though sometimes it feels like the tunnel's getting further away. I agree. I mean, talking with all the different integrators across the country here, it, everyone has their own story and it's, it's all different because it varies from even county to county. So it, it's real hard to try and say, oh, well, what, what's happening here is the same as over here because it's not. It's all different. It's all variable. And everyone's just trying to deal with it as best they can. Mike, you talked about this earlier about, you know, going back to the office. Um, everyone was looking forward to it after Labor Day. And that's that is kind of what we we're seeing from the all the events perspective, too, was, hey, let's move everything to the fall. In the fall, we'll be, we'll be good to go. And now we're starting to see that backpedal a little bit, both back to the office and then also some of the live events. People are starting to backpedal the, the attendance there. Is like, oh, I'm going to that. Now it's like, ah, I don't know if I feel comfortable going there. I mean, is that what you guys are seeing as well? Yeah, we are. And, and I think there's a differentiation between large events and small events, I think, in people's mindsets, right? So I'll go to a smaller one, but I'm not sure I want to expose myself to, you know, 20, 30,000 people. And I think that, uh, you know, I think, People have done a good job of putting in their regulations and stipulations to come to the events, right? It's a hard thing. It's, there's no, you know, there's really no right or wrong answer. It's just there's an answer that if you're trying to be thoughtful and care about people's health, like you put some policies in place and, you know, we could all argue up and down, back and forth about whether you agree with them or not, but at least they're doing something, right? And then you make that decision yourself. So I think that that's a good thing. But uh, yeah, it's been really... I mean, you've seen over the course of the past couple weeks, things starting to change in those events. But um, again, it just goes back to people's confidence levels. And if you're confident that you can go to school and your kids can go to school and it's okay, and if you're confident that you can go to, you know, Lollapalooza and be okay, then that confidence level will allow you to make the decision to go to these events, which feeds, you know, the events being able to be run. So having that in the hands of the consumer is is challenging because, you know, we're a fickle bunch of people, right? So from what I can tell right now, it feels like smaller events seem to be a little bit more uh, positively addressed than, than some of the larger ones, but uh, things could change tomorrow, right? Yeah, I've had a bunch of phone calls over the last few days from vendors asking me about Enterprise Connect, Asheville Infocom. What are my plans? Am I still planning on attending? How many people are you going to bring? And I'll be you know, very upfront that we are still planning on going to both in Pocom, but I'm taking a lot less people than we have in the past. And we're going to be much more focused. And a couple of the people that I was planning on taking have raised their hand and said, I'm not quite sure I want to go. Either because one, I'm uncomfortable because of the, the, the different the variants going on. And also they're questioning the value of going and wearing a mask for eight hours a day, walking the floor, distancing. And is it really going to be worth it? So I do have those customers that are telling me that they're still going. 
and they want to go see new product and they want to kick tires. They want to have conversations. So as long as my customers are saying they want to go, I'll be there with them. I'm very comfortable with that. The other part that kind of brought up is we've got to do it all over again in, what, eight months, nine months to the next Infocom. So why not push nine months and see what happens uh, nine months from now? That's another piece I'm hearing hearing from people, whether they will attend or not. Yeah. Are you seeing uh, a different approach from some of the vendors? Are they wanting to do a little bit more in-region stuff, maybe more golfing, more, hey, let's meet at Topgolf or something for the company, maybe a food truck picnic, something along those lines? Are they getting more regionalized or are they still probably committed to doing the bigger events? And so they're, they're going through with it. But have you picked up any sense of the direction they're heading long term? I, I have not seen that. Just doesn't mean it's not happening out there, but not, uh, not in my market. Mike, how about you? Yeah, no, I just I've heard, you know, maybe less people, but that's it so far. I think that there's Honestly, I think people are waiting to see how some of these other conferences go. You know, CD is going on right now. I think there's, right, so I think they're going to check that and, and keep the pulse on what's happening there and then kind of decide where to take things. But, you know, again, that goes back to being flexible and, and how difficult it's been to manage everything. So two weeks from now, we'll see. And then I'm sure that that's when decisions will start being made for real. Yeah, it's funny. I was going to bring up CD because I was just talking to someone earlier today and they said that the show floor looks like there's a couple of hundred people on the show floor as thousands. So I, I feel bad for them for that show, you know, with all the, the manufacturers pulling out last minute. I get it, you know, that they, they want their employees to feel safe. So I do think that, you know, the, our industry has a, has a watchful eye on what's going on right now and they're going to use that as a benchmark for sure. Yeah. And John, you brought up a good point because I, I talked to a couple of partners who are at, who are at, and they said that the conversations they're having are more focused. So it's it's not just people walking by, picking up the, the free bottle opener and the koozie. People are actually sitting and having meaningful conversations. So I think it's shifted to that uh, more meaningful conversation instead of yeah, going to pick up you know some stuff for the kids to justify daddy being gone for a couple of days. But uh, yeah, I think more business and focused business is going to be going to be the goal and the target yeah there's a, there's definitely been the a lot you know a lot to be said for the dinners and the other things that go around on the edges of those shows right so and i think that's where you get those relationships to be built up and you know on the show, show floor it's nice to get a tour of, say something but really you're seeing that stuff back at your office anyway they're bringing them by and and you're seeing all that so so really it's about getting connected with those groups and building the relationships and you can do that in different areas outside of the show floor. Yeah, I, I agree. I, we're hearing from some of our manufacturers, you know, some of them are thinking about not even bringing product at all and, and more working on those relationships. Number one, because products in, in short demand. So if they're going to have a booth full of product. Oh uh, yeah, they're going to be getting that stuff jacked. Integrators are going to be like, I, I, I need that touch panel. Give me that so I can take that back to, so I can close that project out. But also, you know, it's more about that those relationships as opposed to the products. And, and that's kind of the shift we're going to start to see in, in, in some of these events happen. So Patrick, now I'm going to bring a tweaker with me so I could start on taking product back with me and just get a nice job. Yeah, you got the inside scoop. I mean, hey, you, you can fit a touch panel on, under your jacket. If you start taking the, the video wall off, that's going to be a whole other topic. <laughs> Carrying panels out the door. I did have one customer said, uh, I'm not going to go to the show floor, but I still want to go out at night. So let's hang out. <laughs> <laughs> whatever you're comfortable with let's do it yeah it's definitely going to be interesting for sure so we'll, we'll see like mike said in the next two weeks who makes decisions and, and what happens but anything can change it in a moment's notice at this point that's our new normal is just be flexible 
So I think in the essence of time, I, I really appreciate you guys joining us and just talking, you know, what's going on in your individual businesses and in the industry as a whole. We really value your guys' time and opinion. So thank you very much to Mike from New Era, John from Red Thread. Chris, always awesome time. Thank you guys a lot.